Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this evening. We've got a few minutes to teach here on the subject of redemption. Now, as we began last week with with what I would call the the revelation of redemption, how it is revealed through Scripture. And let me just say this. God wants this to be be a personal revelation for you. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, God wants you to see yourself in Christ, in Him. A wholeness there, a completeness there. There's a security in that. There is a, how can I say that? There is a oneness in that with you and the Father uh, in Christ that you're not going to get any other way by the re- other than the revelation of what He's done for you to bring you into Him, in Christ, who you are in Christ. So last week we saw where what was needed was knowledge. The two great prayers there in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3, both talk about knowledge and both talk about, uh, both talk about being stre- uh, strengthened by the spirit realm or that which gives us strength, power, or authority in the spirit realm. Remember what God has done for us in Christ, He's done for us in the Spirit. And people think, well, you know, what difference does that make, Pastor? Because we're down here, you know, in the flesh and in the natural and the world and this is where all the bad stuff happens. Well, listen, if you don't have it in the Spirit, you'll never get it in the natural. And what's wrong with, with, with everything that's wrong in the world right now is wrong because it's wrong spiritually. I mean, I heard a guy today that was an atheist that COVID convinced him there was a God because he figured out that COVID was of the devil. That's what he said. He was a doctor. He said, I was a total atheist. He said, but we were doing research on this virus. He said, before I got finished with it, I figured out this thing's of the devil. There must be a God. Well, we're living in that day, amen? But in the midst of that, God is wanting to reveal Himself in you for you to be that reflection of Him, His child upon the earth. And He does that by bringing us into the reality of what He has done for us in Christ to include us into the Father's family. Because you are now part of the Father's family. That's better, being, that's better than being part of Santa Claus's family. <laughs> Amen. I mean, it is. I mean, anybody you can think of in the, in the universe. I mean, you, we're part of the Father, the living God. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the what? The living God. We are part of the Father's family. Man, I tell you what, that makes me happy. So we saw Ephesians chapter 1, for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, the knowledge of Him, the eyes of our understanding being light, that we may know. What is the hope of His calling? What are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who do believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that can be named, not only in this world but that which has come, put all things under His feet, gave Him to be the head over all things to the church which is His body. And sometimes we miss this part. The fullness of Him that filleth it all in all. That's King James. So when you go study it in several different translations and kind of unlock the scripture through meditation and study, you see that it's talking about Jesus himself being the head of the church, but not just the figurehead of the church, but the organic head of the church. You say, well, what difference does that make? Well, you know, there's a, there's a, there is a uh, corporate head of the United States right now that sits in the, the office of the president. Whether, whatever you think about them doesn't matter because he sits in that office. That's the corporate office. But what's in that individual's not in me. Amen. Not even, even much of his belief system's not in me. But here's something that you must understand. When God puts you in Christ, he puts you in Christ. <laughs> Amen. I mean, it's, it's, it's old things have passed away. All things have become new. So when you begin to realize that there's been this tremendous transfer, everything that was wrong with you for everything that is right with him. And the problem is we don't relive it. We don't live in the reality of that because we're too busy dealing with problems. 
So wait a second, Lord, I know I should be at church on Wednesday night. Well, you're here, so I'm not griping at you, amen. There's people watching on the internet. You know, I know I should be church, at church on Wednesday night learning who I am in Christ, learning redemption, but, but you know, my foot hurts. And it's Christmas time, and I don't have $3.15. And so a lot of times our own uh, drama of life robs us from the greater realities of what God's trying to do in our life and reveal unto us so that those kind of issues don't rise up anymore because you're walking in the favor of who you are in Christ. Amen. So 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now this in my life was a pivotal scripture that I still constantly speak in my life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 reads in the King James like this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. Now that is the essence of what the new birth is. Let me say that again. That is the essence of what the new birth is. If you are in Christ, you are a new creature. You say, how do I know I'm in Christ? If you are born again, you are in Christ. Amen? If you are born again, you are in Christ. And being in Christ, you must understand, number one, old things have passed away. And that covers everything in your life. Your old nature, your old way of doing things. Even if you got, a, you got one of those nasty personalities. I know, I know Leah used to have one. She's sweet as she can be now. <laughs> I've taught her for 36 years and she's, she's as sweet as she can be. Like Papa used to say, sweet as raisin pie. <laughs> amen. I mean, anything in your life. The metamorphosis, amen, that takes place from the inside out, what has been deposited on the inside of you, is the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that caused your spirit man to be recreated in the likeness and image of God instead of in the likeness and image of Adam, the fallen seed of humanity. That's the seed you were born under, but thank God you got born again. And all of the different identifying traits of what that first birth did to you can be eradicated by the knowledge of the Son of God which reveals Himself in you and reveals to you your value and worth as a child of God. That's why we say when you begin to understand and live in this that you're not always asking or begging God for things anymore. You say, why? Because you're part of the family. Oh, come on. Amen. I mean, Breland, she doesn't live at my house anymore, but when she comes over there, she still acts like it's hers. <laughs> Amen, because it is. She's part of the family. Well, it's the same, th same thing in the kingdom. And one of the things that robs God's people from the blessings of God more than anything else is a sense of condemnation is a sense of guilt, is a sense of unworthiness because you look back at your past or things you've done or things you've even done in the recent future and you say, well, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd really continue to believe God in this area or in this situation. But, you know, I, I'm really, you know, I'm not really the faith person I think I'm. You're listening to the devil is what you're listening to. He's just lying to you. And remember, anytime the enemy's talking to your mind, he's lying. Did you get that great revelation? Anytime the devil's talking to your mind, he is lying because he is a liar and the father of lies is he and the Bible says the truth is not in him. So he says, you're not going to make it? You ought to say, thank you, Mr. Devil. You're a liar and the truth is not in you. <laughs> I just mean, that just means I'm going to make it. He says, you're sick with COVID. Say, oh, thank you, Mr. Devil. That just means by his stripes I'm healed. Amen. But before we adopt 2 Corinthians 5.17 and just dig into the light of it, let's see the, the, the context in which it lies. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to read in the King James first. Verse 14, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians. If you're taking notes, this is, listen, if you are, this is the stuff you need. Listen, this is the stuff, I don't care what Bible school, what college, what seminary you go to, if you don't get this, you ain't got nothing. Did you hear what I just said? 
I'm telling you, I've been around them all. I'm around all the great teachers of faith and all that. If you don't get this, I don't care where you say, well, it's just a little old church. Y'all don't know. Let me tell you, this is the revelation of the Word of God that has caused men and women to live in the life and the light of God for generations. Amen? Now, it says, first of all, it says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, verse 14, because we thus judge, if one died for all, then we were all dead. Everybody say, we're all dead. That means we were separated from God in our sin and in our trespass. And that he died for all, that they which live, speaking of us, uh, should not live henceforth unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Now notice this, verse 16. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yet they, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more. Now this is where they throw these letters to the church out of the seminaries. Because they read that and it sounds so abstract, it's because it must be spiritually revealed. Amen. That's why it pays to have the Holy Ghost. It pays to have the Holy Ghost. Now notice that again. I'm going to read it in another translation here in a minute. It says, it says, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we now him no more. Amplified Bible. Let me read the Amplified. It says, from, So from now on we regard no one from a human point of view according to worldly standards and values. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we no longer know Him in this way. This is a dramatic religious paradigm change in thinking. You say, why? The religious mindset sees Jesus in the manger, in the temple, amen? Uh, 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 sees, him, sees, the, sees the humble Carpenter from Nazareth doing signs, wonders, and miracles. Acts 10, 38, amen. Uh, uh, sees the suffering Savior. Uh, sees, the, sees the empty tomb and the resurrected Christ. Amen. That's Christ after the flesh. That's what we saw. There were witnesses to that. And those witnesses are documented in the Bible. Amen. They were godly witnesses. Uh, answering to a higher standard than a government. Answering to God itself. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration or is breathed by God. It is the word of God. Amen. So we see this, this dynamic of Christ in the flesh. This is Jesus, the baby Jesus, so precious. God sneaks his plan in right under the nose of the devil who's expecting some big army invading from Mars or somewhere. But no, no, God sneaks it in the form of a package of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen? I mean, the Bible says if the princes of this world would have known Christ in the flesh, we see him do signs and wonders and miracles and feed the 5,000 and we see him forgive the woman in the, with the act of adultery and we see him uh, still the storms and we see him suffer, we see him die and then we have witnesses that he rose from the dead and that the tomb is empty. But that's not the Christ that brings you into the reality of the identification that he wants you to have to where you begin to see yourself in him. Because you can't really see yourself in the things he did in Nazareth and Galilee. You can imagine and meditate upon them and kind of go there through meditation and see yourself around the miracles and around what God does. But you really cannot identify that with that. You're not Middle Eastern. I mean, I've been to Israel. I know several of you may have been to Israel. But really, in reality, we have to relate to him, not after the flesh, but after the spirit is where the knowledge of God goes from religion to revelation and begins to make changes in the lives of men and women. Where they begin to see themselves more than just merely saved from a sinner's hell, but actually born again into the brand new family of God here on the earth and someone that can be used by God to expand the kingdom upon the earth while, they, while, while they're alive upon the earth. Which takes a total identity change. 
Amen. So therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. You're a new creature. See, salvation didn't change it. It made you brand new. What is it? Romans chapter 6 says, We were buried with him by baptism and death, into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead, even so we also walk in what? Newness. See, when you're born, when all these little babies around the church, you've noticed all these little babies around here. Amen. We can grow from the outside in and the inside out. <laughs> Amen. But what's unique about them is once they're here, they're here. Brand new baby. But now it's not the newness because the newness tends to wear off quick. <laughs> I mean, remember notice. So what we're looking for is a little what? A little growth and development. That's what we need here, a little growth and development. Well, the same thing's true in the spirit. You get born again, then God wants you to what? He wants you to grow. The Bible says we're his workmanship, we're his handiwork, and that begins by you no longer seeing yourself as male or female, black or white, Hispanic or Asian, no longer seeing yourself as rich or poor, educated or uneducated, but the total core of your identity begins and ends with this. I am in Christ. I am a new creature. All things have passed away. All things are new for me. I'm in the family of God. God is my Heavenly Father, and Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Your confession of that is what empowers you to enter into the change available to you because of the newness that God brought into your life. Old things have passed away. So you can't see Jesus any longer in the light of just His flesh. Now don't get me wrong. Don't get in a ditch over. Well, I went to a church all night. They talking about even not, not even recognizing Jesus. Now, you don't listen. Don't don't let the devil talk to you like that. I love baby Jesus. I love Jesus on the cross. I love the empty tomb. I love the 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 the, the man from Galilee doing all this. Man, I love man. I teach and preach. I've done that for thirty nine years. But I'm saying, if you're going to connect with that, you're going to have to connect where in the realm of the spirit. And in the realm of the Spirit. Now, can you imagine the criticism that the Apostle Paul got when he preached this? You say, why? Because everybody else wasn't preaching that. You know what they were preaching? Man, I walked with him. Peter was preaching. I got out of the boat. I walked on the water. I passed out the fish and the bread. Come on, church. And you know what? He'd preach like that and thousands would get saved and signs and miracles and wonders would happen and take place. But then here comes the Apostle Paul and then he says, well, that's all well and good, but in reality what we really need to know is we really need to know who we are in Christ. That way we understand our position and our authority and our power and because of that we can have purpose and destiny. See, everything God creates, there's purpose and destiny too. And God, in every person on the planet, God has put a spiritual purpose and a spiritual destiny. And you're on a planet where everything on this planet, including the ruling entity, entity, the devil, who rules by deceit because the church has really never taken authority over him, amen, tries to convince everybody it's not true. You know, you're sick and grandma died of cancer and she believed God and you know, I'm, and so-and-so, he was praying for a miracle and it didn't happen. Well, you can't judge God by what, what somebody did or did not receive. That's where you make a mistake. You've got to go into the Word of God. Now, here's the key. The more you see of Him, the more you find out about Him, the more you dig into Him, the more you find out about you. He is risen and seated the right hand of the Father. So are you. He died on the cross and was crucified, but did you know you were also on that cross? Just as you were in Adam, when Adam sinned and fell from God, you were in Christ when he suffered on that cross. And his death became your death, and his suffering became your release from every bondage the devil would try to keep you in bondage to. Glory to God. For this reason, was the Son of God manifest that He might destroy. That word destroy means to loosen and dissolve the works of the devil. Now, now, let's don't stop there. It gets gooder. Is that a word? You know, when you eat a good meal and then they bring out the 
the, the peanut butter silk pie, then it gets good. It's the holidays. Come on. Now notice this. So wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yet though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know, know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? A new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now Amplified says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is he is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Glory to God. See, when you got born again, something woke up in you. Something came alive in you. See, that's what the devil's been trying to do since the day you got born again. He's been trying to snuff out that light and snuff out, snuff out that life. Thank God he hadn't done it. You're in church on Wednesday night, amen? Now notice this though, as you, as you come on down into the chapter. Verse 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation to wit. Now here we go. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now listen to this, listen to this in the, in the, in the Amplified. This is, this is in the, in the Amplified. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sin against them, but canceling them. Uh, we'll, we'll fix this. We'll fix this. Amen. We'll fix this but canceling them and hath committed to us the message of reconciliation, that is restoration to favor with God. Listen to it in the passion. Listen to it in the passion here. Let me find it. It says, now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us unto himself and given us the ministry of reconciliation, uh, of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was God through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world. Now listen to this not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. Now, do you know what this is saying? See, because religion will tell you, your whole life, God is keeping a record. He's got a book, and he's writing in that book. And he, he's watching every, everything you do everything you say, and I'm telling you, every time you stub your he writes it in that book. Every time you have that thought, I thought he writes that in that book. Yep, yep. Leah showed me something today. I had to turn away and repent. I thought God might write that in that book. Why'd you show me that for? That was crazy. Oh, it was Christmas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but how many used to think that? I mean, he, he knows he knows every cuss word you've ever said. He knows every devilish thought you've. You know, we we were here. We listened to this. this is not original with me. We heard it for, through uh, through. I believe it was Charles Caps that told the story of the old the old uh, pastor, the wise old pastor, who's uh, you know an old grandma that was an intercessor in the church came to him and on a Sunday morning and said, you know, I've been praying all week long. 
all week long just crying out to God, praying for, praying for Bubba and praying for the church and praying for this and praying for that and, and praying for the missionaries. And you know, I've prayed all week. I've prayed in tongues. I've prayed in, and I don't think God has heard a word I said. So the wise old pastor just looked for a moment and said, well, I think you ought to just cuss. And she said, what? She said, yeah, you know, I think you ought to just take off down through the altar and just, you know, it was here in Texas, so I said it like this, just go cuss a blue streak. How many know what that means? Just, just take off cussing. She said, I'll have you know I was saved in this church as a young girl, have lived in this church and grew up in this church, raised my family in this church. There's never been a cuss word come across my lips. I would never, ever cuss. He said, well, why wouldn't you? He said, well, she said, well, if I cuss, God would hear me. So you said you cried out all week long, prayed in the Holy Ghost, prayed in faith, prayed in tongues. God hadn't heard one word you said, but the moment you cuss, he hears you. You may laugh, but you'd be surprised how many Christians outside the four walls of this church, that's exactly how they think because they don't know anything about who they are in Christ. They don't know anything about that divine connection, that divine cord that God has given us in the spirit realm. They don't know anything about that and they don't realize, listen, not only are you not guilty, there's not even a record of you being guilty in the first place. Amen? I've had people ask me, what happened to your criminal record? It got expunged. Do you know what that means? That means they wiped it away. You say, why did they wipe the, the favor of God? I never asked anybody to do anything. They just did it for me. I said, praise God. But it's, that's literally what God did. You had, you had a crime that you could not pay for. And you were born into that crime. But now you're born again. The devil still wants you to pay for that crime on the earth. But you've been redeemed. And the prison doors have been opened. And now you're a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Not only that, God is using you to spread this message. God hadn't got no book. Amen. God hadn't got no journal. He don't know what you did in 1973 in some crazy rock concert. He don't know what you did in 1984 when you went nuts on some drug. He didn't know what you did in 1990 when you stole all the money from the business. We might as well just sweep the house clean, amen? See, we think he's keeping record. But see, God reconciled the world in Christ. That's one of the most greatest neglected truths of the Bible is that men and women out there have no chance where they have the greatest chance of anyone that has ever had since Jesus said, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. God allows every person on the planet to remain in Christ. Till the day they die. And if they die without making him Lord and Savior, then that name is blotted out. And we need to tell people, he's not holding up trespasses against you. He has canceled them. You don't have to live guilty. You don't have to think that your prayers will not be answered. You don't have to think that your confessions will not release the power of the word of God. You don't have to think that the favor of God will not come upon you and your family this generation and for generations to come if you're faithful to God, tither and offer and someone that lives by the word of God. Someone who has given their life to God. Amen. Now, let me close with this one. This really makes the religious people scream. <laughs> I think you that think that does. Wait till you get to this one. Verse 19 again, to wit that God was in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. Say it again. Say it again. That God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's deed, that you be reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now you want to make the religious people scream. They will do everything they can do to try to talk 
you and everyone else out of that scripture right there. But that is the closer, church. You say, what do you mean? I don't care who you are. You can be Mother Teresa on steroids times 500. Whatever that would be. And that would not earn you, quote, righteousness. You could give your body to be burned. You could do all, any act that you try to perform will not provide right standing with God. Nothing between you and God that would be a reason for judgment or punishment. That's what right standing is. Nothing stands between me and you that would be a reason for judgment or punishment. You say, well, why is that even relevant? Because I was born in such a way that my first birth put me in that position. I was separated from God. I was spiritually dead. But then I got born again. Hallelujah. Reconciled unto God. And when I got reconciled unto God, because of the blood of Jesus, nothing I've ever done, not the, not the complete volume of my obedience on the earth, on the years that I live on the earth, would come to be near enough to purchase one drop of righteousness. You say, why not? Because it was purchased by the blood of Jesus. And not by works of righteousness we have done, says in the book of Titus, but according to His mercy, He has saved us. And because of that, He that knew no sin, He knew no sin. He did not have the sin nature in him. There was not the nature of the sinner in him. He did not steal because there was not the nature of the thief in him. He did not lie because there was not the nature of a liar in him. He did not do anything wrong because that nature was not in him. But when he died upon the cross, he took that nature that was upon you and I. And he suffered with it for three days and three nights. You know, this is a, what I would call a redemptive phenomenon, but it's true. If not for my sin and your sin, Jesus would still be on the cross. You say, why? Because physical injury does not kill. Physical injury does not kill. You say, what do you mean by that? Physical injury does not kill. Disease does not kill. Oh, disease kills. No, no. What kills is sin. Because sin is the foundation of sickness and disease. Now think about this. The great redemptive exchange as explained by Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement, our peace was on him. By his stripes we are healed. He took on all that was wrong with us so that we might have all that was right with him, the great exchange. Where does that take place? It's revealed in the scripture and manifest in the heart of the believer by their confession of it. The belief in their heart, confession of the mouth. Say, well, Pastor, I, I don't really think that I should just be speaking scriptures all the time. Let me tell you why. Because if you're not, you're speaking the problem. You think you're really disciplined enough just to stay neutral all the time, never speak the word or speak the problem? Come on. Say, well, I just walk straight down the middle of the road. No, you don't. Now you're lying to yourself. Amen. Now you're lying to yourself is what you're doing. But now, listen, this begins, this begins the intimacy of the relationship with the Father. You say, why? I have right standing with God. Now, there's people that get real mad at that. You have right standing. What did you do? I didn't do nothing. Not one thing did I do. But I accepted a Savior who did it for me and in His substitutionary sacrifice, I've been made righteous. That means when God looks at me, He doesn't judge me he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. See, he doesn't see men after the flesh. What did the word just tell us in verse 16? We see what? No man after the flesh. You say, why not? That's the way our father is. See, we could look at some people and think, well, that, 
Why should I even pray for them? They got a better car. They got to live in a better house. They eat better food. They go on better... That has nothing to do with anything, church. You're judging them by material things, by material wealth. Listen, you can't judge anybody by material wealth. There are people, listen, there are people with great material wealth who are bankrupt spiritually. And there are people with hardly no wealth at all that are rich. That are rich in the abundance and the things of God in their lives. Full of joy, full of peace. Amen. So the Bible reveals to us here just this one, one portion of, a, of, of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, in closing, let me say this. These are truths. Now, let me say this. These need to become deep personal truths for you. And the way that happens is you embrace the Scripture in such a way and that it becomes your confession. One of the earliest descriptions of Christianity was called the Great Confession because the believers were constantly speaking the Word. Three quarters, listen, three quarters of the Paul's revelation and letters to the church come out of the Old Covenant. They're quoted directly out of the Old Covenant. So when you begin to realize this, is, this entire kingdom principle that everything that is activated in your life from the spirit realm comes from you believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, but you've got to have the knowledge of what to believe and what to confess. Because mankind is on a binge right now of saying some pretty awesome things. I'd like to say some pretty awful things. But in the midst of that, there are people that are rising up and saying, well, they can have all that, but we're new creatures in Christ. For us, old things have passed away. We're not self-righteous. We have no self-righteousness. There's no act of righteousness which we could perform. It's by His mercy He saved us. He had mercy on this blind sinner. He had mercy on this lame beggar. He had mercy on this leper, this, this person eating, eating up with the leprosy of sin all over my life. He had mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He had mercy on me. I saw him. I saw the suffering Savior. I saw the babe in the manger. I saw the humble carpenter from Nazareth. But I know the risen Savior the one who is the author and finisher of my faith, the one who's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, uh, the one who is my righteousness, my peace, my joy in the Holy Ghost, the one who has taken from the Father the person and power of the Holy Ghost and has given it to me, has given it to me, the one who I am identified with, I am in Christ. He is the vine, I am the branch. He is the part of the plant that produces the nutriments, I'm the part that produces the fruit. Hallelujah. Forever grafted into the kingdom of God and to an eternal vine that the Bible says in the church or in us, he will demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God throughout the ages of time and the expanses of the universe. A little more than just going to heaven. There's a little more than just going to heaven. So, let it begin with you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 2 Corinthians 5. 19 and 21. Is it 19 where you're an ambassador? Well, just the whole script, the whole end of it. You know, thank you, Father. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. How do I get these old things to pass away? You got to start saying it. Old things have passed away. All things are new. Uh, you got to keep, just keep saying, old things have passed away. You say, well, God, will God, will God remove my memories? No, he gives you the grace to live with them. So that when the devil tries to dredge them up, you've got something on the inside of you you didn't used to have. You got a what? You got a no, devil. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. 
Amen. Then when the devil, sa- devil says, you're no good, you're lousy, uh, you're just an old sinner, uh, you- you're not going to make it to heaven. He said, no, wait a minute, said devil. Uh, he that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. Because of that, let- just hold on, devil, just for a minute. i got to go over here and worship my God. He made me righteous in Christ Jesus. I have right standing with him. No judgment, no guilt whatsoever. I can stand before him cleansed and holy, not in my own filthy rags, no, in the blood of Jesus that has cleansed me from all sin and from all unrighteousness. I stand before him holy and righteous and worthy to receive from him not because anything I have done but because all Christ has done for me that's Yahoo stuff everybody say Yahoo (laughs) the devil will fight your mind with every kind of lie with every kind of accusation and falsehood, with every kind, and you know what he does. You can always tell when the devil's been trying to communicate to you a lot, confusion tries to come on you. I had somebody say that to me in a meeting one time. They said, man, I tell you, your preaching really confused me. I said, no, you know, you came in confused. My preaching turned the light on your confusion. Now you realize you're confused. <laughs> Amen. Well, you gotta, listen, you got to have an answer. I learned that from my dad. You've got to make your stand. And many of the battles that you're fighting, thank God for all the fuel you can put into your faith based on the current subject that you need deliverance in. You say, well, if it's health, your mind, finances, whatever it may be, and you know, we can come up with all the scriptures, you can believe them in your heart, confess them with your mouth, but you have to do it from the platform of victory. You can't think that you're trying to get God to do something for you. You can't think in your mind that that, that God is, I'm going to pray to a point or I'm going to have faith to a point where God's going to say, okay, there they are. Boom, now it's theirs. Because that would be earning. That That would be like a rat in a cage where God just lures out in front of you, uh, you know, just, just say this scripture 14 times and you'll get what God, no, no. He wants to bring you into the reality of sonship and daughtership. Well, you don't, you know, the first symptom that hits your body, you're not saying, oh God, heal me. I thought I was healed. Oh God. No, no. You just say, no, wait a minute. In the name of Jesus, get out of my body. You don't go to the Father with your problems anymore. You go to the problems with your Father. That's a different dynamic, see? Religion don't understand that. Religion gets on their knees and begs and begs and begs and begs, and what do they get? Nothing. Amen. And many times the reason they don't get anything is because they, the Bible tells us in book of, the book of James, they ask amiss. They don't understand how to ask. But your children should not come to you in guilt. Head down. Just one popsicle, Dad. It's July and Galveston, please. You know? That would be crazy. That would be cruel. Well, our God, the Bible says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the Heavenly Father? And let me just say this. And I'll close with this because we're, we're going we're to dig into this in the next few weeks because you, you get this into your spirit, you're going to be invincible. Uh, you know, uh, people, people get attacked mentally in, a, in so many different ways. Fear, intimidation, you know, just the enemy put thought. But when you begin to really inundate yourself with the realities of who you are, what you have, what you can do in Christ, those things, they don't, they may come at you, but they don't stick. Do you understand that? How a thought can come into your mind and it seems to stick and you just, no, in the name of Jesus, it just kind of sticks there. This loosens that ability. That It loosens Anything that, listen, I, I like to see it like this. You ever seen those old bug lights? A lot of these bait camps, you go around these bait camps at night, some of them sell bait 24 hours. You go there late at night, you know, to get some bait. And they'll have one of these big lights with those big pearls. And you'll see those mosquitoes and gnats and they'll fly through them. And then a big old moth will go, be a big old puff of smoke, you know. Well, that's, 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 that's superimposed light is what that is. And then it uses a, a voltage of electricity to fry those little guys. 
But that should how your that's how your mind should look. That's just exactly how your mind should look. With the light of God and that electric, electrical hookup, what's that? That's the Holy Ghost. So here comes a thought, oh, you're not going to make it. You're going to get COVID four times and die in April. Amen. And there, you know, uh, they're going to shut down where you're working and you're never going to have another job and you're going to be living on the overpass. Amen. I mean, if you, any, anything you'll entertain, the devil, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll oblige you. He will oblige you. And you can begin just through, I call it spiritual muscle memory to train your mind. That's called renewing your mind with the Word of God. To where those things come at your mind, you're not thumbing through scriptures in your memory. There's an automatic reaction. Wait a minute, devil. No, I'm a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. All things are new for me. Not only that, he that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. Because of that, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, through inheritance, I have the right to use this authority, Mr. Devil. In the name of Jesus, get your hands off my mind. Get your hands off my pocketbook. Get your hands off my body. And here's people always say, well, what if it doesn't work? Well, if it doesn't work, you weren't ready to do it in the first place. Amen. So stay with it till you're ready. You say how to do that? Just meditate on the Word. Pray. Pray in the Spirit. Worship God. Come to church. Be humble. And you know what will happen? As you're growing to that point where you can release these revelations in your own life to help you walk that path of righteousness, God will put a grace on you and keep you so that you can learn these things and get strong in the Lord and the power of His might. He knows your heart. He can see your heart. If you really have a heart for God, a heart for Him, and a heart to grow in these things, He'll make sure you get what you need to become the man or woman of God you want to be. Amen. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. Thank you, Father. He that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. And because of that, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I am also an ambassador of Christ, a representative of the kingdom of heaven, an alien on this planet, living in the provision of God and His blessing. In Jesus' name. Now, think about this. You can stand on your feet. Praise the Lord. Think about this. The same portion of Scripture, if you'll study and meditate, says, no, we are ambassadors. Everybody say ambassadors. Now, the definition of that, if you'll study even back then, there were ambassadors, representatives of nations that went to other nations, representing their nation. Now, ambassadorship, the way we understand it here in America, our embassies are our sovereign land. Did you know that? That's America. There is a, what, a platoon of Marines? There's usually CIA and FBI offices there, but that is sovereign land. When a nation is fixing to go to war with another nation, one of the first acts of attrition is to remove the ambassadors. To remove the ambassadors from the nation. And one of the revelations of who we are in Christ the identity, one of the parts of the identity that are the tapestry of who we are is that we are ambassadors of Christ. We are the ambassadors of Christ. And there's a war coming on this planet. There's a judgment from heaven coming on this planet. And before it happens, God's going to take out the ambassadors. I said, God's going to take out the ambassadors. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah! The Bible says to comfort one another with these words. So, Pastor, I'm so afraid they're going to go to digital currency, mark of the beast. This is a, The Bible says lift up your eyes and rejoice for your redemption is drawing nigh. Thank you, Lord. Thank God, the most exciting times we could ever live in. And here we are studying the greatest revelation of the Word, who we are, 
what we have, what we can do in Christ Jesus. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Thank God. You're so valuable to God. You're His very own child. We've taught that from so many angles. In marriage seminars, a lot of times we tell people, one of the reasons you're having a bad marriage is you don't realize who you're married to. You say, what do you mean? The Bible says, no, no, no man or woman after the flesh. When I got married to Leah, I recognized I married God's daughter. I've gone to him and talked to him about his daughter before. We've had several talks. He's had a few talks with me too. Amen. I live in God's house, drive God's car, pay God's bills. That's why I always got God's money. Amen. He said, come on, that's just, you, you, that's just a figure of speech. No, it's not. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Those who have been justified shall live by faith. And that's not a joke, church. That's the way we're going to have to live in the days ahead. And as we live by faith, God's going to get the glory. And our story of what we do, the, the book of Acts that we write in our last days upon the earth is going to be a testimony to the mercy and grace of God. Amen. Fathers, we leave tonight. Thank you for your protection and safety. Lord, we know the Christmas season upon us, the inclement weather. We say, Father, no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling. We thank you for a joyous celebration of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that all that visit, all that come are impressed by his presence, impressed by his glory, impressed by his person. We ask this in Jesus' name, that he would be glorified, magnified and exalted. Thank you, Father, as we leave tonight, your protection and safety upon our travels, the righteous labor of our hand, our, our fellowship and recreation with family and friends, and our gatherings back together the coming weeks ahead. Thank you, Father, for your great mercy. Inspire within us a great hope. Let a great fire be kindled. Lord, that we would be of those that declare your sins are forgiven. Though they were a scarlet, They've been made white as snow. Not that the Lord will forgive you. The Lord has forgiven you. Receive his blessing. Let us burn with that in our spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in faith and love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.